Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, you have stopped in for a visit with your friend, Dr. Andrew Michaels. You are always welcome, and he invites you in for a conversation that, knowing him, could go in any direction. Good morning. How are you today? Well, I'm just fine. And I'm glad you're here today. Spring has finally arrived. That's right. Spring has finally sprung. And we can start to look forward to the end of the school year for most of us. In one way or another, we're all affected by that. And the start of summer vacation just around the corner, bright, sunny days, warm, rainy days, the occasional thunderstorm to push all the smells and odors out of the neighborhood and bring in fresh-smelling, clean air. It's all on the way. Spring has finally sprung. And with it, spring showers bring May flowers. And everybody loves to buy flowers for their mom, their wife, their girlfriend, their spouse, their significant other in the spring, a nice bouquet of spring flowers always cheers somebody up, a little larkspur, some daisies, a few carnations. They, I think the carnation is really overlooked as one of the prettiest flowers. They're really, they're, there's just so much variation and so many different things you can do with carnations. They're just so versatile in the flower arrangement. You can just do so much with them. And they fill in so lovely. I especially like when they have a, a bluish-white tint to them or a reddish-white tint to them. They've been painted or I guess they've been painted or airbrushed. And they're so beautiful. I highly doubt they grow like that in nature. But I, I don't know. I'm not a florist or a connoisseur of flowers. But I definitely don't mind ordering them for the ones I love. It's not all about roses, no. You can do so much with a refreshing cheap bouquet 
of spring flowers. They're seasonal, they're lively, and there's a timeless beauty to some simple daisies and baby's breath and larkspur and carnations sprinkled in the middle. I think we overlook those simple things in life, like stopping off and grabbing that, at least around here in Ohio, that $3 or $5 bouquet of flowers. It's just a fistful of flowers. But it goes so far to make somebody else's day special. And I always think that when you do something like that, flowers benefit both people. When you're carrying those flowers out, there's a certain amount of pride and dignity in the fact that you took the time to be romantic, genuine, caring. So there's a dividend paid to you as well as to the person you give them to. And it's so lovely to hand somebody a bouquet of flowers and see them light up, to see their face brighten. Just to see how happy you could make somebody, even for a little moment in time. I do love giving flowers away. I really do. I'm almost selfish about it. Because I know the reaction they always cause. And my favorite is the lady who says that they really don't like flowers because they die and they don't last. and Always feel bad, you know. Oh, I'm not good at taking care of them and you know, and Oh, I'd rather have something else that's more substantial or lasts. And then you hand them the flowers. Or you have a wonderful bouquet arranged and sent to them at their place of work. And all the photos, you see the photos pop up immediately on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Emails are sent. I got flowers today. Look, I got flowers. I got flowers today. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? How a small gift like that can go such a long way to make somebody's life special. And don't be fooled. I've been told on many occasion by many a lady that all the girls are jealous when somebody gets flowers sent to them. So I do tend to 
have fun sending flowers because I know they not only cheer up the person you send them to, but they also can give that person an advantage in the office if they've been getting picked on or they feel like nobody cares about them. A nice, warm spring bouquet reminds them that they're special, but also tells everyone around them, their co-workers, that somebody cares about them and how very special they are. And oh, some people get so jealous, very jealous. So I've been told. I, uh, I shouldn't tell this story, so how do I tell it without using any real names? Let's see. Well, I knew this guy whose wife worked with this person. <laughs> and his wife was very troubled. She could not get along with this person at work. And this person was always just very annoying and just didn't want to be a team player, I guess is the easiest way to put it, and just made this guy's wife very, very upset a lot. And she always felt like maybe she was younger, prettier, and other people paid attention to her more. And there is a certain amount of jealousy between women in the workplace. It's really amazing how much comes out. And it's somewhat troubling to me because I really don't care about my fellow co-workers. <laughs> I really don't care what they do. But that's me. So maybe there's jealousy among men, too. I just don't participate. I really don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't care what car they drive. I don't care what, how big their house is. I don't care... Um, where they go on vacation. I, I do like talking about vacation. I'm one of those guys that just, if you want to talk about vacation, we can just talk. Like, if you want to talk about vacation, I'll sit there and talk to you about vacation all day. Like, just, and not my vacation, your vacation. I don't care. We'll talk about your stepfather's, cousin's, brother's, sister's vacation that they took five years ago. I don't care. I love talking about vacation and all these different places and stuff. And it's amazing because you could be from anywhere on the planet and you go somewhere else for vacation. And it's the greatest place on earth. I love listening to people talk about going on vacation. And they go to the most inane backwards places on the planet. And they just describe these places with eloquence and grace and dignity and how wonderful the people were and the food and all the little things they saw and all the little places they went. And I remember this always stuck out to me. When I was a child, we did this, uh, like, tour. Like, if we did, like, a... Um, travel agency, like, little exercise where we had to come up with 
things to do and places to go where we lived to like, what would you do if somebody was a tourist? Where would you take them or suggest they go in your area? And we suggested like the library and this war memorial and this, uh, civil, uh, revolutionary war, um, grave site. And it dated back to the revolutionary war. Um, and it wasn't even taken care of or <laughs> wasn't even mowed or kept up. And just in general, we, we talked about, uh, all these different weird little places and they were like the most backwards, silly places to visit. And I thought how silly this was, this exercise. But at the end of the day, I realized it's your perspective that changes everything. And when I think about how, you know, um, catty people can be sometimes and jealous and, and put off by each other. And then I do something out of the blue, like drop this huge bouquet of flowers on my friend's wife's desk <laughs> and cheer her up and all the other girls get jealous. I've altered the perspective of everyone in that situation. It's like, oh, you think you're special because you got your flowers. Oh, look who got flowers again. That's my favorite. Look who got flowers again. <laughs> but it is about perspective. You could go to Amish country. I have a friend, a wonderful friend, and they were so interested in Amish people. They saw Amish people when they were on a vacation. There were Amish people at the same tourist attraction they were at. And they thought these people were, you know, not funny, but they were dressed differently and they, they stood out. They look like they come from another century. And in a way they do, they don't drive or use a lot of electronics and they, they dress a certain way and they do stand out. You can pick them out of a crowd. And most of them, and the men, I think if they have a beard, they're married. And if they don't have a beard, they're single. That's kind of like some designation. And the women, you know, um, all dress very, you know, uh, they dress down so that they're not, you know, I wouldn't say not attractive, but not, that isn't their goal. And the children are, are usually well-groomed, but they are, um quiet. They keep with their families and you can pick them out of a group. They're very easy to pick out. And this person was asking about them because, you know, they, they had heard of them or didn't wanted to know more about them. And I told them that, you know, I'm around Amish people a lot in Ohio that we see them all the time. They, uh, travel around and they do a lot of They, they are, a lot of them are woodworkers and they do a lot of lumber cutting, um, 
building of buildings and stuff in the area, and you'll see them all over the place. So it's not unusual to go into a restaurant and see Amish people um, eating breakfast or lunch, and we just treat them as regular people. We don't really look at them oddly. And it's funny that outside of my experience, people would look at them, people from the 19th century, basically, as odd. Whereas in Ohio or Pennsylvania, where they're very popular, or, you know, they have a bigger population, they're just normal people to, to, to us. And we just don't really give them a second look. And we also go to a lot of restaurants that um, cater to that Amish lifestyle, like for crafts or for food. There's that, uh, you know, the Amish people were originally German. So you have that hearty German cuisine, you know, the meat and potatoes and gravy and uh, slow cooked meats, very soft. So you're, you're looking at, um, home cooking type restaurants and you go in there and get like a pot roast dinner or a roast beef dinner or some, you know, homemade fried chicken. And it's very like down home type cooking. And I don't think you get that as much outside of where I live, where I live in in Ohio and Pennsylvania, you, you, you see a lot of that, this, this home cooking, you know, you go out to dinner at other places, you want to get like a steak or, um, you know, a veal parmesan or a chicken parm, you know, or some fancy sandwich, you know, a nice club or a, a grinder sandwich. But in Ohio, you go out to get home cooking. You go out to get pork roast dinner and it's got some uh, pulled pork that's very soft. It's already pulled in a little pile of meat and then they have gravy on it and you have mashed potatoes and carrots or peas with it. And it's a home style dinner. And I just think it's more popular here. I, when I'm in different parts of the country, like Florida, Louisiana, uh, I don't see that that type of cooking. Now, I do see a lot of the, their home-style cooking is based on, like, rice uh, and different, you know, beans, rice, stuff like that. And they have maybe a different menu. Uh, and I'm sure there's home-style dinners down there too as well but it just it just seems to be a an Ohio thing and that's one thing about where I live that I've always appreciated is the blending of the cultures the uh, the ethnic cultures in especially northeast Ohio the Youngstown area were very diverse so many pockets of ethnic groups all shoved together and there were so many of them and so varied I mean you had your you had your Greeks your Italians your Irish your Polish your Ukrainians your Russians you know all shoved together and they had to get along you know you just didn't have a choice where 
just being different meant nothing. Like, okay, you're Polish, okay. Well, you're Italian, okay. It was just no big deal because there was just so many groups. They were all kind of jammed together. And the foods all jammed together too. And you had your Hungarian and Ukrainian food, you know, your Haluskis, and you probably don't even know what I'm talking about, Haluskis and your hunky um, hand grenades, we used to call them, you know, your stuffed cabbages and stuffed peppers and, you know, your noodles with uh, onions and butter. So they had these noodles with onions and butter, just swimming in butter. <laughs> they can't be good for you. And this kind of food was just like the best tasting stuff you've ever had. And then you had your Italian cuisine and your uh, Greek foods. And it was just like you got to experience everything. So then when I talk to people and and they'll say something like, you know, have you ever had baklava? Have you ever had a a gyro or whatever? You know, and it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of Greek restaurants. Gyros are all over the place where I live. You know, and uh, it's just, it's actually hard to get good Italian food or good Greek food because you've had very good Greek food. You've had very good ethnic like Hungarian and and, uh, Ukrainian and Polish food. You've had this delicious German, German food. And it's, it's just priceless and so delicious. So when you go to like a, an place like and let's say Olive Garden it's just not the same it's kind of like Americanized it's almost like Chinese food if you've ever had pho noodles I think it's pho noodles and you have to go to like to a good Vietnamese or Cambodian restaurant you get these pho noodles with the meat in it and it's like a it's like a stew with noodles in it and it's the most delicious ethnic food when I say ethnic, it, I think it is. I think it's from Southeast Asia. It could be Chinese. I don't know where it comes from, but when I get it, it comes from Cambodian and Vietnamese restaurants. And the people are just so genuine, and the food is just so tasty and so delicious. So I go get my faux noodles, and we just, you know, you have a bowl of noodles with this broth in it and meat and... um it's just like a, it's like a loose, watery stew with noodles in it, and it's it's just the most delicious food. And then you go to like a Chinese carryout, and you get noodles, lo mein noodles, or um, the other the real thin, I forget what the other kind of noodles are called. I always forget rice noodles, and it's just not the same. It's just like you know, this is. Lo mein is good, but boy, I could go for some pho noodles right now. Pho is just so much better. And it's strange like that. And I've heard actual Chinese noodles. Like if you get handmade Chinese noodles, you've never had a noodle as good as that. Which sounds weird, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, where you've, I've experienced the best and then when I go get something like carry out from an Americanized, almost fast food type atmosphere, 
it's just not the same. You know, it's it's spaghetti in a styrofoam container with two meatballs, or it's uh, lo mein noodles with chicken in it and some kind of sauce. You know, some kind of teriyaki type sauce. It's just not the same as getting the bowl of good ethnic, you know, Laotian or Vietnamese pho noodles or getting that really rich spaghetti sauce over some perfectly cooked al dente spaghetti noodles at an Italian restaurant. You can get all those things, and that's the thing that's still amazing about where I live. You can still go to Little Italy in Cleveland, uh, or you can go to some very good um, Vietnamese restaurants. There's some uh, wonderful Greek restaurants still in the area. And you can get those ethnic foods. You can still go to, there's a lot of churches. The churches, believe it or not, produce a lot of the Hungarian and Polish and Ukrainian type ethnic meals like the Haluski noodles and the, um, what are the potatoes? What are those things where they have potatoes in a, in a, in a ravioli type noodle? And I can't remember what they're called and everybody else will. But uh, it's just amazing the things you can get. And I just love where I grew up. It's probably not good for my heart and my weight, <laughs> eating all these delicious foods. But, and where did all this come back to? Well, it's spring, and I'm hitting the treadmill, and I'm looking out the window at the crocuses. I have crocuses that I planted in my front yard, and the little tiny crocuses are blooming, and the daffodils are coming up. They're going to bloom soon, and spring is here. And I can't wait to sit after this pandemic is over on a patio outside a restaurant and eat a bowl of faux noodles or a nice little dish of pasta or have a gyro, you know, at the park. Go get a couple gyros, take the dog for a walk in the park and find a nice little picnic table and sit down and just have a gyro and maybe share a piece of baklava with my wife and daughter and just enjoy the spring fresh air and just get out there. And I am going to be buying a lot of flowers this spring because I want to cheer up all of the special ladies in my life and I want them to feel good about themselves. Prom is coming. Oh my God, prom is coming and I have to get flowers for my daughter. I've already been told. It never ends, does it? Just a little while ago, my daughter was a little girl, and now she's going to her senior prom, and I couldn't be more happy for her. Life is ever-changing, and people grow, and people change, and they sometimes they grow apart, sometimes they grow closer. But the one thing that's a constant is the seasons, they're going to keep coming. You're going to have your cold, brutal, bitter winters, and they're going to lead into the most wonderful of springs. 
and the flowers will bloom again, and the sun will come out, dry everything up, and summer is just around the corner. So I hope you enjoyed me rambling, babbling, and talking about where I live and my perspective on the small blue planet that I have, and how I'm looking forward to my own vacation this year. And maybe that is something I'll talk about next. Would you like to know about my vacation coming up? I might even run into a few ASM artists on my vacation. You never know. And that would be exciting all in its own right. But that's a story for another time. Until I speak to you again, please have a most blessed day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you 